Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hell yeah, yeah, we're live. And yeah, we are live on the Believe in Monsters podcast, the Believe in Cleveland Browns podcast this week. Uh, not affiliated with any network, but we could be. And we not brought yet, not brought to you by anybody, but we could be brought to you by beer, your beer company here. Uh, I'm Joe Cather, joined by Chris Krogman and Lucas Berry for another episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast. Follow my friends at ShyBears1985. Follow Lucas Berry at Lberry underscore 40. I think you've got the wrong at on the bottom line there for uh, Believe in Monsters. I think it's BIM underscore monsters, maybe, underscore podcast. Luke did something with that last week. So, uh, Luke, what's going on, man? Have you recovered? I feel like I'm in a hole. Yeah, it doesn't feel right, man. It's uh, the past few days have been pretty rough uh, for everyone at home. Our new at is at b i m underscore pod at believe in monsters pod. Um, so that is correct on the bottom line. But yeah, the past few days have been rough, 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 rough. Uh, whew, a lot to look at. I don't even know. There's fingers pointing all over Twitter. Everyone on Twitter wants Matt Nagy's head. Understandably. Uh, Justin Fields still didn't look good regardless of Matt Nagy in that game. The offensive line didn't look good regardless of Matt Nagy in that game. The wide receivers didn't look good regardless of Matt Nagy in that game. There's there's plenty of blame to go around, but obviously the man at the forefront is Mr. Nagy at going into year four uh, and just nothing has improved. So we'll dive into it. Chris, what's up, man? Um... I don't know. I feel like I'm just looking at the bigger picture this week again and stepping back and just realizing that, you know, potentially this team is just, you know, cursed until, you know, something big, big happens like, you know, God forbid Virginia passes away. Uh, but um, this Mickey Mouse Club, you know, run a business, make money. Uh, pretend to care about winning facade that the McCaskies have been feeding us for years is just complete bullshit. In my opinion, at this point, Um, as far as Matt Nagy goes, you know, he, he's easily the one to point the finger at first and foremost, you know, all the things you mentioned Lucas, you know, kind of tie back to coaching and opportunity and, putting your players in the best situation to succeed, which I don't think he's done for several years. Um, the, the wide receivers don't seem to be running routes that get them open. 
somehow last week they did you know we had those levels concepts with uh with mooney running across the field and and now we just got a, a bunch of comeback routes that they just sit in this zone that's uh not doing anything for anybody or they go up and do a little button hook pattern and, and don't do shit they just sit there you know you saw robinson do it multiple times commit um you know as far as the offensive line again you're not putting them in the position to succeed they look best when they're you know moving laterally whether that's an inside zone an outside zone you're trying to run too much smash power up the middle gut bullshit and then whatever that third and two toss play garbage was with too many guys already lined up on the brown side of the ball on that toss play was just just the play calling's got to get better. I mean, it, it, no matter who who's doing it, it, it's just it's on the coach, man. Other than that, I'm doing great, Lucas. <laughs> well, Joe, I know, uh, I know you deep down inside have been waiting for this Matt Nagy moment for a long time. You have wanted his head for basically after the first year. And uh, you were one of the first to not place the blame on uh, Mr. Trubisky as much as you did on Matt Nagy, which looks fair at this point. I still don't think Trubisky's any good, but I, I don't really think that's where you were going for. I think you were more so that Matt Nagy wasn't playing to his strengths. But uh, I'll let you have your few moments to sound off here. I know you've been adamant about this for a while now, so it's it's all come out. The well, issue no. is the coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and it's exactly what, what you know, Lucas. You and I have been saying over the last what three, four years since since he's taken over. Uh, he he is obviously he can obviously dial up a play. He can also obviously draw up a play and, and construct a play. We've seen him dial up open receivers left to right all over the field at different points, uh, at different times. But it comes down to discipline. It comes down to de- to details with with the football team, and and they just don't have it. They don't have it with with, with Matt Nagy. I you know I think it's great that he is. Well, he was a players coach. I guess I don't know what he is right now. Uh, but like he, he, the first handful of years with Club Dub and BU, and you know, you could easily say he's a players coach. The different kinds of things that he did on and off the field, and like that's great, and I love that. And I think the players certainly responded to that in different instances. But when it comes down to discipline and details, you know, too many men on the on the field. You know, not enough guys in the line of scrimmage. Illegal formations. Uh, you know, uh, false starts. Uh, you know, just different different things like that. It, it crept up, that popped up in his head, like on the team. You could see the team's a poorly coached football team. You could see that they're a poorly coached football team by the last handful of years, and no amount of like, oh, I'm going to dial up a perfect play now. Here's my, you know, every fourth or every fifth play, I'm going to dial one up. I'm with Chris. The, the 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 routes were just not not creative. Just that nothing on offense worked this past week. But it's not just about this past week. You look at all the quarterbacks that they've had that uh, that they have. You look at all the quarterbacks that they have that they've had, and and you look at Glennon. You look at Trubisky. You look at freaking. Uh, you, you, you look at Justin Fields. You look at Andy Dalton. You look at everybody who's played. Nick Foles. 
they've all, all the quarterbacks have looked out of place and all the quarterbacks have looked uncomfortable in his system. None of the quarterbacks have looked like, Oh yeah, I know exactly what we're doing. I know what the game plan is. I feel good about it. You've had, you had certain moments of that a couple of different times with Trubisky when it was really, really, really dumbed down, like really dumbed down. He kind of seemed like he was in flow, but he's just like, I, he doesn't seem like he has a grasp of a full football team. He doesn't seem like he has the the grasp of, you know, he seems like a great guy to have in in, in your back office to, 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 to draw up plays. Hey, man, I need 15 I need fifteen plays this week that are going to be a winner. And you just let me decide when to call them. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want you to talk about anything else. You just draw up, draw me some plays up. And I'm sure he, he's, he, I mean, we've seen him do a good job of that over the last handful of years. But just, it's just it comes down to the details. And how many times can you be saved by the defense? How many times can you go into the fourth quarter and, oh, thanks to the defense, we're only down by a score. Thanks to the defense, you know, we're hanging in there. We just need to put one drive together. But how much confidence do you have to get that one fucking drive? You don't have any. So, I mean, I watched this past weekend's game, but I watched it out of the corner of my eye because I I could I, I listened to it. I had it on. I, I could hear what was going on. I could, I could feel the offense just had, had nothing. And I couldn't even really pay attention to it because the offense was so terrible. Was so bad. The plan was just so inept that, you know, every time I looked at the corner of my eye, it, it, it was uh, it was Miles Garrett taking down, taking down Justin Fields. Like, it was just inept. And, 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 and at this point, you know, I got some buddies who are like, "Oh, uh, you you guys shouldn't be saying if you win or lose versus the Lions to keep his job or not, because that's kind of what we're hearing over the last several hours that if they lose to the Lions, then Nagy's going to be fired." Uh, and to me, I say, you know what? He he's had his leash, and I've been really, you know, Luke. I, I hate to that you uh, not, not I don't hate, but but I, but I must have put off a, a a bad picture. I've been really patient with Matt Nagy. I've wanted him to to put things together. But I just call it like it is. I, the, the team has had little errors over and over and over, crept up. Nothing has ever been clean. Nothing has ever we, – we haven't played a clean football game in four, since he's taken over, like, entirely. Uh, Remember that Bucks game that we blew him out, like, 56 to whatever? That was fun. That All right. was my first yeah. Bears game. Well, so like, there's been moments. there's our problem. Lucas doesn't go to enough Bears games. There's been moments, but it's just like I. No, I definitely agree. I want to see him make it a consistent thing to where he has. You know, you guys have talked about it a couple of different times that you know he needs to be more of a CEO type than than you know than managing you know each of the plays and calling the plays. He needs to empower his assistants more. But and maybe that's at this it. point. At this point, I don't even have faith that he can stay out of it, though. That's the thing. Like, I just at this point, he seems like way too stubborn of a person to do that. So, I'm pretty done with him. I don't. I just. I I don't know how he can have input on this. Like, the loss was just. I. It's so bad. Like, it actually makes me scared for Justin. Well, they talked about it on. They talked about it. It really does. And I don't want to be that guy, but like, I am slightly scared for his development now. Just even getting hit that many times, like that can't be good for him in his first sure. action. Like he's out, he's obviously not processing it fast enough. Like some of the throws he could have made earlier and he held onto the ball, but Alex Smith it, talked about it, the, the, how bad the first start it really set him back because he got hit so many times. Uh, and, and they well, talked so about on the just, broadcast that uh, you know the Bears over the last handful of years we're beating bad teams. We're doing that. We're we're we're, we're beating bad teams. But we ain't beaten, or we're not staying in games with good teams, and that's the difference. And it's just, and that comes down to coaching to me. We beat the Super Bowl champs last year. 
Yeah, and that was what made me think that they weren't that good of a team the whole year. I kept telling my buddies they're not that good. But they won the Super Bowl against like the Jesus Pat Mahomes. Sure, sure. Who nobody's afraid of anymore. All right. That was. So, go ahead. I mean, I. I was just gonna say I I kind of want to hear you guys' thoughts on Justin Fields moving forward and kind of how you I mean obviously he seems like kind of an unflappable person but do you think this will set him back at all are you do you think he's maybe not up to speed as much as we thought what are some of your thoughts on it so we've heard whispers you know that he wasn't ready that you know some people in the building wanted to wait um you know it, it it comes back to you know i mean i don't want to say that he doesn't you know doesn't give us a, a better chance talent wise overall to uh to win but you know based on what Nagy wants to do and what i'm seeing his offense run Maybe Dalton just was the better person or quarterback to run uh, Nagy's system that doesn't really seem to be, you know, the, the system that we've seen actually succeed. If you put Trubisky or uh, Fields in the offense that Trubisky ran, I think he would be successful, but it doesn't seem to be the same offense. I remember a play where Trubisky hit uh, Tariq Cohen on like a 40-yard post, and it was like one of the best throws I've ever seen Mitch make. But I don't see that kind of creativity anymore. I mean, you could mm-hmm. throw mm-hmm. Uh, Goodwin out there. You could throw Bird out there in the same type of – Damian Williams, you could throw him out there and make the same type of play. But Nagy, you know, the the issues I've had with Nagy and that I've spoke about on here and and elsewhere is he doesn't develop players. He doesn't use players to the best of their ability, you know, taking advantage of mismatches. We don't see tight ends just straight run up the seam and and attack the middle of the field. I he doesn't run screens anymore. I don't. He doesn't run like running back screens on Sunday. Man, oh my god! You know, I, I mean, all you got to do would look great in a screenplay. Jeez! You just look at what Kareem Hunt did and be like, oh shit, maybe I should do that. That that seems like a good idea. But he's so stuck in his own goddamn play sheet. But, but that you he see, can't so see what other people are doing. You kind of hit on it though, Chris. It's like I mean, this goes back to what Joe has been saying and what you just said. Like his playbook has changed. It's almost like the quarterbacks he has had scarred him so bad that he had to change his playbook to something so vanilla of just running sits and fucking slants all game that he doesn't run any of like football staples like i don't see slants he he used to run sorry go ahead a rob runs him he's just blanketed all the time um well to your point though you you know you were used you used to see some of those posts and deeper throws every once in a while and screen passes and his screen game was effing terrible before it really was, but at least he ran them. You don't see any of that anymore. I, it's almost just like, I don't know, man, he's, he got really messed up the past few years. I think with the hand he was dealt and he's messed likewise messed up the team just with whatever he's 
he's going too deep into it. I, it's really not like he's just not yes. even running regular football plays at this point. He's in his own head, he's and he's throwing dark overthinking words. Overthinking it. Um, the other issue, you know, and kind of making me rethink the whole CEO type thing is what Joe just said. You know, we do not see a well-coached team. And that is a much bigger, broader issue than just the offense. And it's discipline. It's, you know, um, execution. Effort. effort. Um, the defense is still bringing it. I mean, we saw a lot of pressure put on the Browns from that front four, uh, front seven. So I don't want to say like, they didn't put they played a great game up until you know they had been on the field for 78 effing plays and just couldn't do it anymore i mean they were tired once again we're talking about the same shit we've been talking about since i was probably fucking 20 years old where the defense is just really really good and just on the field all the time it can't be that good and then you have knuckleheads on twitter want to blame the defense and it's like i mean i'm not saying that's happening this year but in the past you've seen you know, 2018, we've seen people blame the defense towards the end of the year, and it's like, how much more do you want from these guys? I mean, you can't even put up 17 freaking points a game. That's the issue. You're an offensive guru, and you're you're, you're averaging 16, 18, 19 points a game. You're, you're averaging hovering right around that 20 mark. I mean, it's terrible. It's an it's 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 disgusting to watch. I mean, Bill Lazor averaged 25 points a game during his stretch last year, and I understand it wasn't against the best defenses, but it doesn't matter. Nagy ain't averaging 25 points a game against any freaking defense, you know? I mean, the Browns, through a couple weeks, you know, their defense wasn't looking that great, and you could hit them on those quick slants and, and get them and get them, but... We didn't you can't do convince that. me that that the offense is that bad as bad as we saw it on Sunday. You can't convince me of that. There's, you know, why didn't we have any? Like, okay, where's this? You know, where's this twelve? These twelve sets. Where are double tight ends? You know, you know, if, if this is the Kansas City offense and the tight end is supposed to be such a valuable part of the the game plan, where the hell is it? Why is Jimmy Graham on this team if you're not going to have him out there? Why do you have Jesse James and uh, 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 Jesper Horstead on the roster if you're not going to run him out there? What are we doing to help Fields stay protected? Why was there no adjustment in the offensive blocking plan? I mean, we can say that the offensive line was bad, but again, we didn't run the ball hardly at all. And, and we were in the damn game, most of it. I mean, we didn't run the ball, like I said, laterally at all and let, uh, you know, uh, Montgomery do what he does and, you know, stretch it out, be patient, and then slam it up when he's ready. And we just don't run that shit. I mean, I know I say it all the time, but I want to see that, you know, Sean McVay, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, stretch zone, and run it upfield. That's you know, what you want, but I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that's what Laser would do if he somehow gets the play calling again. We we Matt Nagy has a meeting tomorrow, apparently an unscheduled meeting that he's going to be meeting with the press. So we'll see what he has to say. What do you think that's going to be about? The worst news could be that Foles is starting this week. Ugh. Which I think. I really wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility, yeah, but I probably don't see a forty percent chance. 
I mean, if I they're know. working, they worked out two quarterbacks supposedly today. If they're doing that, there's a chance. I think, I think Andy Dalton's going to IR, and I think I, you can't pull Fields after one week unless they. You hope, you hope Andy Dalton's going to IR. If you like, if you're if you want to play the, I'm going to play Justin Fields because Andy Dalton's hurt, and then I'll save his mental you know, uh, health by, you know, giving Dalton the job back when he's healthy. You can't start fucking foals and have that same, uh, narrative play out. You're, you're essentially saying, Justin, you're not ready. We're going to play this fucking bum that we replaced with Andy Dalton. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that that's why I don't think it'll happen, but this is the bears, dude. This is Matt Nagy and the bears. And, and you just never know. If I had to guess, my guess is that, they're putting Dalton on IR because of boom bruise. Let's face it. Everyone has said it's a multiple week injury to recover from. There's no way he's going to be able to play this week, let alone probably next week or the week after that. My guess is they're putting Dalton on IR. They bring in practice squad QBs to be QB three or whatever. And then I think he will give up play calling to laser. And I think that is coming from up top. I think they are forcing his hand here with how bad that performance was. No, it's awful. The only way you call a pre- I mean, why do you call a press conference to put Andy Dalton on IR? I think the laser switch is the only reason you'd call a, a press conference yourself. or if you're going to Foles. I think those are there's I don't think there's any reason to call a press conference to put Andy Dalton on IR unless you're also- no, no, I'm saying I'm saying I think that will happen in addition to the play call news. OK, so the first. OK, all right. I mean, I'm not saying because of that. I'm that's the hope. Foles. I don't think Take you call a press conference to move to Foles, especially if injury is the reason. So, I, I, so I'm with you. They did it for Justin, though. Like when Dalton got hurt, they did it for Fields. Called a pre- emergency press conference or whatever. That makes me sad for Sunday. I'm just sad in general. This is like another year of just I mean, sadness. I want, Shit. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about this? Do you think you know, do you think letting Fields continue playing is the right move? Do you think he's in jeopardy of getting quote unquote ruined? What are your thoughts on this? I think it's really important to see who, who who's calling the plays and what what kind right, of plays they're calling. I think let's it's say, really let's say lasers calling plays. Yeah, then I'd pre- I'd keep him out there. I mean, you can't you can't pull him after one week. You gotta you gotta. I mean, you can't pull him after one week. You just and can't. it wasn't really his, it wasn't really his fault. He didn't play great, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah, he's nine been- nine sacks, man. You're getting your ass kicked. You remember when Cutler almost got in, his got destroyed and he got like sacked seven times in one half by the Giants. He went yeah. out in concussion in mid mid game. Was like a Sunday night game. I, I mean, am I, I feel bad for, for him there for his development? Yeah, I mean, not really, not crazy. Because I, I think he's, I think he's, a, I think he's a tough guy. I think he's a really mentally tough guy. Um, so you got to keep playing him. But I think you move to Bill Lazor and you do a lot of the things that Chris has been saying. You know, you you put an emphasis on the run game. You move the offensive line around. You know, you you, you got to light the fire under somebody. I mean, that's the thing for you. You have to you have to establish that run game. Yes, that's first and foremost. Like basically, the Browns knew 
the Bears were passing 90% of the time, and they just pinned their ears back and said, go the fuck after the quarterback. Go get him. Go and they knew he wasn't going to move. They knew that the pocket wasn't going to move. That's yeah. Even I mean, that's been another, it. that's been another, you know, kind of trigger on Nagy is that the Bears offense is super predictable. All they right. So, uh, so, so this is courtesy do. of Phil Hembo. Yeah. And I know you saw this Luke, cause we both uh, reacted to it on Twitter. Justin Fields, 30 dropbacks on Sunday four using pre-snap pre-snap motion two using max protection two using designed rollouts and two designed quarterback runs. So out of your 30 dropbacks, you've got two, four, six, you've got 10 different, you've got 10 plays where you're doing something just a little bit interesting. A third of a play, your, your other, your, your, your other two thirds of your plays are just straight dropbacks. Just, just take a snap, three step, five steps, seven step, whatever it is. Nothing. Honestly, I mean, even just that one play toward the end of the game where Fields threw it down to A-Rob and we got that kind of bogus pass interference. It's just like you kind of you roll them out and you see what happens. Like if you throw it downfield, good things will happen. You'll get that PI call a lot of times, especially on a receiver like Robinson. Sure. Mooney was wide open down the middle. I mean, if Fields sees that, that's a 60-yard bomb. That's a TD. You know, obviously the stat line looks better. That's a confidence booster. Get him out of the damn pocket. Like, he literally, like, I thought he did a really good job on that play, minus missing Mooney. He got out of the pocket. He kept scanning, and he just let it let it rip, and we got a penalty, and lo and behold, our longest gain of the game was off a freaking penalty because we actually attempted to push him downfield. Hmm. So it's just like you need more of that. I mean, it's not – it's really not complicated. That's the issue, though, is, like, we've all been saying it. Oh, we've all been saying it, Luke, for a while, for, for, for quite some time. And it's just so frustrating to watch Matt Nagy week in and week out, stick to stubborn game plans, stick to game plans that don't work, stick to game plans and not know how to adjust out of them. I just, you know, at this point, I just fire him and say, get the hell out of here and let's just see what we can do, you know, with somebody else. I, I don't know what you do. I mean, yeah, you turn over the play calling to likely Bill Lazor, but like, is that, is that enough? What what's the deal? Uh, what's the deal? Is it well? Here's here's my concern with switching to laser, and and I want to do it as much as anybody because I think Nagy is just uh, he's just clouded right now, or what, something's something's going on there. He's not being you or being him, or he needs to be somebody else. Is what he needs to be? Um, he needs to be his real estate agent. He needs to be Andy Reid, um, but not in the hospital. Andy Reid, uh, prayers up. So Bill Lazor switching over to him, does Justin Fields know that offense? I mean, are those plays that Lazor wants is going to want to call? Are those even in Nagy's playbook? Have we been practicing those throughout the week? And if not, that's, uh, that's another issue, man. I mean, we can practice them this week, but shit, dude, we got to, he's got to have some time in that, that, that style of offense, um, you know, I was reading something today about how, you know, Deshaun Watson, who also liked to hold the ball quite a bit, you know, and had a fairly successful rookie year, had a had a playbook that was completely catered and designed around him and his efficiencies and inefficiencies. So, can Bill Lazor do that for Fields? Has it been done for Fields? I I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think... I don't think you have to... run everything that he ran at Ohio State. Like, the Ohio State offense, basically, I mean, outside of the route concepts, you're not going to be successful with that in the NFL with an offensive line that can't protect. And we all know that you're not putting a five-man offensive line out there and they're holding their blocks for three-plus seconds. It's just it's not this group. They're fine if you, like you said, you move them in space, you run play action, keep the defense on their toes. Running lasers offense, which people might refer to as the high school offense, really shouldn't be hard for fields to manage because it's just very play action based, run the ball based and hit open receivers when you get the opportunity to throw. So I don't, I don't know. It's not super about com- running the lasers offense. It's not super complicated, but at least it gets him uh, reps, pro reps at pro speed. And, and it's a simplified offense, which they, but that's fine at this stage. That's all we need. I really, this year, this year has to be about Fields' development. So even if it's an offense he's not running next year, get him used to that speed. Exactly. And the thing about Bill Lazor's offense is that it's going to be consistent week to week. And the thing about Matt Nagy that we've seen consistently over the last four years is that he's not consistent. One week he's running, he's, he's got an emphasis on one, you know, one particular style. And the next week he's got an emphasis on another particular scheme. Uh, I, I feel like with Bill Lazor, it'll give him a chance. It, it would give Justin Fields a chance to really get exactly like you said, Luke, adjusted to the NFL scheme and try to build off something week to week to week. Uh, you know, oh, I saw this look the last time we ran this play, you know, the last time we ran this same concept, you know. I, I, you know, another thing with Laser and, and Nagy and, you know, something that we've heard Nagy say this year, and Mark Potash, you know, God bless him, got after Nagy for it in the last presser was, you know, allowing the defense to dictate what you're doing on offense. Yes. I'm sorry, but oh no. yes, we need to be the other way. We are the dictators. We are the ones telling the defense or making the defense adjust to us, not the other way around. Like, oh, cool. Here's their weakness. We're going to attack it. You not like, oh, here's what they like to do. What could we do to kind of counteract that? Well, this is what they're going to do to counteract that. And then you think you're over fucking thinking it and you're not just saying, okay, this player sucks. We're going to attack this player as much as possible. Or we have guys that run four four speed. We're going to, you know, burn these corners with this, that, and the other thing. And the bears, are like the shittiest team as far as yak goes because they're not getting separation because they're running these damn sit down routes and not doing shit to get wide open, which again, like Nagy used to be able to design good plays and it's not like those plays are gone. I mean, they're, they're still in the repertoire somewhere, but we're not using them. We're using some bootsy bullshit let's just go West coast and spread everything out and fucking chuck it short and run. I, I can't even tell. I think that's what he's trying to do, but nobody gets open. I, it's, I can't even tell you. And honestly, that's part of the reason why they kept putting five man fronts out there is because Matt Nagy kept fucking spreading the field with all these wide receivers that couldn't get open. Yeah. We needed two, <laughs> two tight end sets. And you know, I, I agree Lucas to a point on the offensive line. But 
like, let's give this defensive line from Cleveland some credit. I mean, they are not, you know, it's not like you got, you know, bums out there like, you know, oh, no, Lamar, not. Lamar Houston, you know, pass rushing and getting seven sacks against Justin Fields. I mean, Miles Garrett had a career day, yes, and, and against the 39-year-old fisherman, uh, Jason Peters, but these dudes are good. I mean, they're they're good pass rushers, and they hadn't gotten home until this week, really, but they were putting pressure on Mahomes like nonstop in game one. So I, I don't want to discredit this offensive line and saying like they're the worst in the league. I think they're probably middle of the pack and they just faced a really good defensive line with a really shitty game plan to, to slow them down. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing you need to do everything you can to slow them down and protect your QB basically. But uh, I mean, basically until tomorrow uh, we will be on the edge of our seats for this breaking news. Hopefully breaking news. Hopefully Chicago bears suck ass. <laughs> You're not wrong, but moving on to the lions. I so mean, this, this lines teams. I three, but they're hungry. They're not, they're, they're exactly who I thought they would be. I did not think they'll, they're not going to blow you up on the, the wind totals, but they'll, they'll fight you no matter who you are, whether you're the freaking chiefs or the jets, they'll take you to the final whistle. These, Don't bite your kneecaps. These, they are, man. They do embody that. They're they're a tough team. They took Green Bay to the wire. They took Baltimore to the wire. They should have won that game. I mean, the play clock expired, and the refs kind of just oversaw it. Whatever. It's funny because it's the Lions, but how do you feel about Matt Nagy's chances in a loser a loser leaves town match, walking in with Nick Foles, or, or, or you know, <laughs> I if there's know. one dude, if there's one thing Matt Nagy's shown me though, every time the whole city is about to fire his ass. He always fucking rebounds and wins the next game and people shut up. It, and it happens, you know how he does it? It happens is all I the time. He gets humbled and then he fucking takes a step back and he allows probably more voices into the room. And even though he may not be giving up play calling per se, I think he allows for more of a different game plan and then he's like, he like gives him enough breathing room or enough rope to hang himself with where he goes right back at it. And it's like, okay, I, I can do this. You know, I just needed a, a little bit of space to figure I it out. No, nah, man, yep. you need to fucking realize that you ain't it as far as like, a like you, Joe, you nailed it, dude. The, the, you know, club dub, the swag that 18 team had the BU Man, be you, dude. Just be the fucking motivator and the players coach you are. Like, we saw a couple things this past offseason, you know, with bringing Danny Trevathan's grandma to practice, yep. with bringing in Robert Quinn and, his, and the whole Bear family to watch his sister in the Olympics. That's the kind of guy I want to play for. Yes. I I mean, these are the guys I want to hang out with like that. I want to play for. I mean, I think players want to play for Matt Nagy and, you know, I was talking to a gentleman today who who was from Chicago and he was saying like, you know, he made a good point like that, that kind of integrity that Nagy, you know, with, we talked about earlier, like the promise to Andy Dalton and stuff, it only lasts so long. I mean, that's great. And, you know, free agents are going to see that and other players are going to see that and be like, you know, that's awesome that he did that and that he stuck to his word. But when you have the opportunity to play a better player, guys like Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack are going to be like, Hey coach, we love you, but uh, 
yeah, you don't have to you don't have to continue with the uh, the integrity anymore. We need to uh, play the better player and uh, give him a chance to succeed here, friend. And Allen Robinson's fucked. I mean, Jesus, dude. Through three weeks, he's got what one touchdown and like less than uh, maybe a hundred and fifty total yards. I don't even think he's, he's got that. <laughs> Matt, Matt Nagy's a genius. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, so what's the what's the deal with the Lions game? New twelve o'clock uh, at home, right? Uh, so we, we we we're gonna get it back together, right? Uh, what what what's the? I'm pulling up the spread. Uh, Bears by three, I think. Yeah, Bears by three is exactly what I'm seeing. Bears by Pretty three, sure six earlier in the like, over like, under forty two forty two and a half. So under. Uh, yeah, under for sure. Seventeen to thirteen yeah. or some shit like that. Uh yeah. Jeez. You don't think they're gonna break thirty-five points, Joe? Jesus, that's hilarious. I just I have no faith in the offense. None. There's no nothing. I'm saying the Lions, man. The Lions might break 35. Uh no, uh I'm I don't think Nagy will get fired. How many points per game do you think the Bears are averaging right now for the first three weeks? How how good's your math? I don't even know what we scored the past few weeks. Uh, 13.3. The Chicago Bears through a couple weeks, uh, three weeks, are averaging 13 points a game. I wasn't wasn't far off. I said 12. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So this Lions game, though, I feel like this this would be – I mean, we've said it before, Joe – if you were starting Justin Fields for the first time on your own accord, it would probably be this week. As hard as the Lions fight, I feel like they give up a lot of points. Their defense isn't great. Okuda has been kind of garbage. I mean, the pass rush is not very good. So the Lions are allowing 31 points a game, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. The Lions should have a decent day versus them. Their secondary is kind of fucking beans, dude. Like, this is the week. This is the get right week. Um, I mean, they're, they'll fight you. They'll take you down. They'll score some points on you. But this is the week where if you make a good game plan, Justin Fields can gain a lot of confidence versus his team. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you think, Chris? And and I think the Bears stack up well versus them. The Lions don't really have a ton of receivers. They just try and run the ball down your throat. And frankly, I think the Bears can slow them down. They have – I mean, last week they gave up a ton of rushing yards. But like we said, they were – they were pretty stout for most of that game until they just got gassed. But the Bears can slow down their run game. Make make golf throw the ball and beat you. He won't do it. Yeah, and I mean, Chicago ranks well, you know, in the opponent's passing play percentage and, and you know, some of the deeper stats, the completion percentage um, against the Bears. Uh, it's okay. I mean, sixty-six percent. Um, I uh, do. I think they can. I think they can win this game. Yes, I think it's they a should. Very they should win game. this game. They should. Um, it's really going to depend on you know being able to stop the the Lions' two-headed running back uh, system with Swift and. Um, 
Williams, and then stopping TJ Hawkinson. You know, I don't the none of the Lions wide receivers scare anybody. I think it's a good week for uh Jalen Johnson to to shut down anybody they want to put out there. Uh I'm concerned with Hawkinson. Um, you know, I didn't think Dion Bush played a bad game. He had that good pass breakup on the what the first pass of the game for Baker uh, was, which actually actually Baker's first incomplete pass off a of play action. Um, and, you know, Dion Bush closed the gap and knocked the ball away. Uh, he had that missed tackle against Kareem Hunt, but lots of people missed tackles against Kareem Hunt. Mm. So um, I, I don't hate Dion Bush for that, but I, I'm concerned that he is going to need to be on Hawkinson or Roquan. But I think, you know, Hawkinson still presents a pretty tough matchup for Roquan. Uh, that Lions front seven isn't bad. Um, I, 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 I need to see, I need to see better offensive output. Uh, the, the, the cornerbacks for Detroit are banged up. Akuda's banged up that other gentleman they have that got hurt. I think against the Packers, I'm not sure if he played against Baltimore or not. Um, can't remember his name. Um, or I probably can't pronounce it. Honestly, if I could remember his name. Um, so it's a winnable game. I'm concerned that this is going to be either like the beginning of a very, very, very bad stretch, or if they, you know, humble themselves, allow laser to call plays, get a little bit of a foundation. Then the next five games after that might not be that bad. And we still could come out with like a two and three record or, you know, beat the Raiders and beat somebody else. Luckily, but I don't even know if we can beat the Raiders, honestly. I don't think the Raiders are that legit, but they're they're not bad. No, you're right. Well, I'm with you, Luke, that, uh, that, you know, this is one of those games that Matt Nagy seems to always kind of pull out, uh, get the heat off his back. But I have no confidence and no faith in the offense, whether it's Justin Fields or, or Nick Foles or whoever playing, playing quarterback. You know, and it's just as you said, Chris. You got to shut down. You got to shut down Hawkinson. You got to shut down the, the the running backs. You look at the receivers. What is it, Quintez Cephas and uh, Cephas? <laughs> yes, thank you. And Khalif Raymond. Uh, both uh, neither of them really doing much this season to really uh, make you scared of them at all. Uh, but I just, I have no faith. I got no faith. So, so essentially, if we come out and win and play decently. You know, even at a B will B level and win by three, I'll be ecstatic because you know what? I have no expectation for this team. I I, I feel like we're just kind of waiting to see what happens to Matt Nagy because if it's not this week, you know, law of averages, he's going he's going to have another bad performance. He's, we've seen. I I kind of think we've seen what he is at this moment. Just like we gave Mitchell Trubisky a lot of chances, and I appreciate that. I wanted to give Matt Nagy a lot of chances. Uh, to he's keep, out of them. Uh, but exactly, he's out of them. He's out of them. Because I, I, I honestly think the best way to run an organization is to keep continuity. And so I'm hesitant to make changes, hesitant to, to cut players, hesitant to trade them away, hesitant to fire coaches, you know, because continuity is important, hesitant to fire GMs. But I think, I think Matt Nagy's out of chances. And whether it's this game or down the line, he's going to run out of his chances. And, and, and you know, honestly, God, I hate saying it, but I think I'm at the point where I think Ryan Pace is out of chances. I think Ryan Pace's job's on the line based off, off 
the way this offensive line has it looks, um, the the where we are with the salary cap, where we are going forward, like this team is really at a place that it's in a it's in a it's in a dangerous place, really. Uh, and I love Ryan Pace. I have loved him. Uh, and just like I loved the coach of the year, Matt Nagy, 2018, you know, I thought it was always, let's do it. Let's keep it going. Uh, but I think it's, the, you know, you're, you can't sacrifice quality for continuity anymore. And, and, and I'm really just concerned about the direction of the franchise. I don't think they'll fire midseason, though. I just no. I don't see it. I, I feel like we're going to get to the point probably midway through this year where it's like we're going to feel exactly how we did about John Fox. It was just sure waiting for Black Monday to roll around for him to get axed. Like you knew basically by the end of that year it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I have the feeling the same thing is going to happen here. We're going to get to week 12, 13, and it's just going to be like, okay. Matt Nagy, you are officially fired, but the Bears won't do it until that Monday. Man, we're looking at like a three or four win team if this continues. I mean, and we have no first rounder. You know, the Giants will have two top ten picks. picks. See, that's Uh, the thing. It's it's the one thing. I don't don't really care about that. Don't give them a top ten pick. Just don't give them a top ten Uh, pick. It's it's, it's already – I mean, I just don't – I don't see – even if Laser takes over, right? I mean – I just – the Bears should not be this bad. We're talking about, you know, even if you can win both Detroit games, you know, that's that's three total wins. You can maybe squeak a win against Vegas. That's four. I mean, can you beat San Francisco somehow? I don't don't think you can beat San Francisco. We have the Giants, yeah. So that's like five, maybe maybe five or six, maybe. Give me a win against the Vikings. That's what I'm saying. Even still, five or six. I mean, we're not beating Arizona. We're probably not beating Baltimore. Uh, that game's at home. It's possible if the Lions not beating Green Bay. We could beat. We can maybe beat Pittsburgh on the road. We're not going to beat Green Bay either bad, game. Uh, I don't think we can go into Seattle and beat them. Uh, well, let's say before we before we go off the rails here and just anoint the rest of the schedule losers. I really do want to see how we come out this week. This guy, not, dude, Joe, we've been positive all year, and Lucas has been the the contrarian, and now we're flip flopping roles here. I mean, I get it. I, I want to, you know, just be out on this team, but really it's it's about the development of Justin Fields. That's just that's what it is. This season is 100% about him. And if somehow, you know, with the laser calling plays, he clicks, the Bears will probably win more games than we think. It's a big maybe. if. And, and we're going to see this. Five. I see five more if, wins on the schedule, maybe. Maybe. Let's go. Let's go down this route next week, please. Okay. All right. I just want right. to. I I want to see one more week of Justin Fields. Justin Fields. If, if there's, yes, I think we'll be able to tell. If tomorrow's press conference is about Nick Foles, you can kiss the entire season goodbye. Yes, exactly. If we're starting Nick Foles this uh, this Sunday against the Lions, you may as well, Matt Nagy, go ahead and sit, put your house up for sale. Yeah, don't I mean, you think that would? Don't you think that would be an automatic fireable offense? From who? Who's firing him? Pace? Mm, I don't think management, so. Management, the owners. The, 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 you know Ryan Pace in the offensive line. I mean, I understand the frustration, but like 
I mean, he took Tevin Jenkins in the second round, took Borum in the Fail. fifth, went, at, went after Trent Williams, went after Morgan Moses or Moses Morgan. Two first names is always hard for me. Uh, so I, I, I can't say that he, you know, he hasn't done enough historically, I guess, at the tackle position specifically. Uh, but, you know, drafting James It's not Daniels, about specifically the offensive line to me. That's just the position that's at, that it's at right now. We have had, you know, and you look at the secondary, it's about to be the secondary. Like, we have had, you know, posi- just just pick your time, pick your year, and look, there has been a position that has been absolute dog shit close to the worst position group in the league. Yeah, you he know, does have – he team. has like a – like we talked about it before, Joe. He, you know, he has like a grouping mentality. You know, instead of like spreading out the – assets across the different position groups it's like okay let's fix all of this this yeah. one off season it's like look man this the law of averages just doesn't work that way that you can fix this position group in one off season you're gonna have to like pick your battles along the way and get yeah. you know microscopically better at each pos- each position group each year instead of you know trying to just dump it all on one season and that's just not how the NFL works and hmm. unfortunately, you know, he's kind of gotten away with it in a way, but um, yeah, I don't know. Every year, even, you know, going back to what's, what is old boy's name? The hired Levy Smith. What the fuck is that GM's name? Phil Emery. No, before Phil Emery. Oh God. What's his name? I can see his face. <laughs> anyway, that guy. That was, you know, they hired a consultant group to bring him in. God, what the hell is his name? What'd you say, Joe? You had it. I, I, his name's on the tip of my tongue, man. I can't. I hate my... I, yeah, Jerry I, Angelo. Actually, Jerry Angelo. Okay. Jerry Angelo, you know, going back to even his drafts, man, the Bears always have this... Who the fuck is that guy draft pick? You know, for Pace, it's been like your Adam Shaheens and your Joel Eway, Ibanigawe guys. Like, they could have drafted Montez Sweat that year uh, in that fourth round, and they didn't. I mean, that was the year they were drafting, like, James Daniels and Anthony Miller, and everything was like, oh, my God, this is such a great draft. If they add Sweat, it's over, like, or Josh Sweat. Either way. And they didn't do it. They took e-way but e-way and it's just like dude every every time it's like who are these guys that you're like trying to be the smartest guy in the room about and then you know he'll have a Bilal Nichols that I'm like oh okay he's he's good I think it was worse than Shea McClellan with Chandler Jones sitting there Shea McClellan with Dante Hightower sitting there if you yeah there was a, yeah Chandler Jones is after him too Joe will just take an Alabama player. Like if if the if the board comes up and there's a Bama player, Joe's like, just pick that guy. No, just no, 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 no. Him. Not always. Think- but if you're taking a linebacker and you think, oh, Shane McClellan, that's a, I like a linebacker, a nice versatile linebacker. Why not take Dante Hightower, who's played the position at a championship level, versatility, and down the line, you know, t- ten years later. Dante Hightower still in the league, multi-time champion, badass. Shane McClellan, yeah, I think, fucking I think, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league, to be honest. Yeah. Hightower's had a hell of a career on the Patriots. 
and McClellan just selling insurance or realty or some shit like that. Uh, we need to get back to this game. This game, this game. So why? I'm not. Are you excited about it? Right, what, what, okay, what's, what's your excitement level? Because my excitement level is, I mean, I'm gonna be up. I'm gonna be up anyways. I'm gonna be. It'll be on my TV. Dude, it's a Bears game. I'm, it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Fields. It hopefully he starts, but I'm I'm excited to see Fields again. I want to see how he bounces back. I think he'll have a good game. Chris, are you excited? Like I said, Matt Nagy just has a history of not losing these games. I just and that makes me like hate him even more because there's nothing consistent about him. There's there's nothing consistent about him because he could be the best coach in the goddamn NFL. We talk about uh, how much he's neutered his playbook. You, th- you think back to Santa Slay. You think back to all those all the stuff that he was doing. You know, in 2018, and people are like, "Oh, it's so gimmicky. It's like trick play, clown neck. I don't care. We were moving the ball. We were scoring. <laughs> I don't care. Score points. It was great. But now he just can't do anything, and it's just like there's nothing consistent about the guy. He's consistently bad. Stop you're that, Lucas. Me, you're telling me you're not excited at all for this game. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. I we can go live. Uh, you know, while everybody's at work tomorrow at uh, you know one p.m. Central, and and we can tell. I'll tell you how what my excitement level is. Then I am Matt. I am very nervous that tomorrow's press conference isn't isn't what we want it to be and that uh you know we're just gonna be very sad and frustrated and what like, what benefit does giving Foles the starting job do though i don't all? want like i you're asking me to think logically and that is not what we've seen out i, of I just team. there's there's just no there's no explanation for doing that unless they say fields is hurt There's literally just you can't you can't explain that. <laughs> There's nothing to explain because if Fields' hand is hurt, okay, you don't want to throw him out there wounded. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So the only reason, like Foles, he's only playing if Fields can't play. Or are they just think, saying he can't play so he doesn't have to play? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's worse for the guy if he can play to like come out and cover up for him. I think it's worse for the guy to pull him out after the, after just one week of playing. It'd be very important for him to bounce to come back this week and have a week where he's you know seventeen for twenty five or something like that for 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 one for one eighty and two touchdowns or something. Something really, you know, not even that crazy good, but but something better than last week. You know what I find funny, gentlemen, is the national media is now trying to paint this picture that it wasn't all Matt Nagy's fault or whatever, or some of them are. And it's like they're getting in fights with themselves when previously we've seen the same people beat up on Nagy and, and the Bears in general. And, like, it's just, like, comical to be now, like, what these narratives have become or what they try to become. Dude, and they just, just like to be contrarian. It's it's just they like, just like they just need something to talk about, and they just want to beat up on 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 Nagy. I mean, and, and the Bears in general. But like the same people who are out there, are like, oh, you know, Nagy's on the hot seat; he'll be the first one fired. Or now the same people being like, well, Justin Fields played like shit, and he threw this one overthrow. 
who fucking cares? And he couldn't thread the needle into Allen Robinson sitting on a sitting on a button hook five yards off the line of scrimmage because fat ass Jason Peters was in the way. Like, dude, the Twitter, Twitter detectors told me man. he was throwing the ball away on that. Personally, I'm still out on that. I don't know. I've never seen a guy wind up to throw a ball out of bounds, but uh, it sounds better if I said he threw the ball away. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Sunday, we got the lines at home. Uh, score predictions. I don't care if it's fields or folds. I want your predictions for Sunday. Well, Joe before Gate. we do that, we have a uh, special guest who would like to jump into the chat. And, oh, uh, he can give us his prediction too. Probably jump all over uh, everything we've been talking about. Usade uh, Kushul, welcome to Believe in Monsters. How are you tonight, my friend? I'm good, guys. I just got done recording my own podcast on Zoom, so a lot of Matt Nagy trashing, a lot of going ahead and breaking down just what went wrong. Going to preview <laughs> the Lions game thursday on our youtube channel but i have to say i mean thanks for having me on last minute hope everyone's doing well joe looks super thrilled to um get me on this day he's so funny it's like as soon as i said joe he's just like wait what what's going on here but yeah whole game on sunday was trash um to sum it up you need to get your tight ends involved more and run more quit running the 11 personnel because you really can't afford to do that with a bad offensive line you need to run more 12 and 13 personnel luke what do you think though because like it seems like these two and three tight end sets are the only way to go now for the bears just to mask the terrible offensive line but keep justin fields upright yeah we uh we basically talked about a lot of this before you hopped on here i mean chris touched on it and to chris's point the bears offensive line isn't the worst in the league it's probably middle of the road overall they just you know the browns have a really really solid defensive front but the game plan did them no absolutely no justice at all um and we talked about how the shift to 12 and 13 personnel would be better for what laser wants to run play action boot that kind of stuff got to establish the run and once you establish out of that you can make those easy passes to the second and third tight ends who just teams don't really account for like we saw in the preseason that jesse james throwback teams aren't really accounting for jesse james freaking streaking down the middle of the field wide open so just stuff like that you know easy passes um built off off of those sets um i mean question i ask these guys that i want to ask you is are you at all worried about justin field's development right now after seeing what happened last week yeah i would say i am and here's why i let me pull this tweet up right so i tweeted this and i'm like okay justin field struggled and that was a rookie mistake he made rookie mistakes and him struggling is fine because everyone kind of expected rookie mistakes to happen anyway there's no set way to develop a rookie quarterback if you're going to sit here you're going to tell me that there's a perfect way and that rookies just can't make mistakes especially at the quarterback position I think you need to really reevaluate and kind of figure out why your thought process is the way it is. Okay. You need to figure out the whys and be like Matt Nagy. But I think you have to blame Matt Nagy more because it's this guy's job to basically know what Justin Fields is good at and what Justin Fields isn't good at, where Justin Fields needs improvement. Where is Justin in his development cycle in this plan that he basically shoved down our throats throughout the draft, throughout preseason, throughout training camp okay that's just the reality of the situation so you have to blame 
Matt Nagy more. And it worries me because, like, Chicago has never had a surefire thing at franchise quarterback. I mean, Jay Cutler. They're going to ruin it. Yeah, they're going to ruin it because Jay Cutler was, you know, he was not. Let me say this with Jay Cutler. He was not drafted by the Bears. What makes this different is that Justin Fields being drafted by the Bears and developed into a franchise quarterback, that would basically be your own homegrown talent, essentially, is what it would be. That's why it's so dynamic, okay? You have a dynamic pro-ready quarterback, one of the best to come out of college since basically 2015 or 2016, and he would be QB1 in the 2015 to 2016 draft. You could argue... Probably the 2018 and for sure the 2019 draft too. Maybe even the 2020 draft. That's how good Justin Fields is, all right? So ultimately, yeah, I am worried about his development. So please don't ruin him. Also, if it cannot be done with Justin Fields, it can't be done with anyone. Yeah, that's actually kind of true. I'll be real. Like if Justin Fields you know, bust here in Chicago, as awkward as that sounds on live stream. I mean, I have to make one one bust joke every time I'm on this show. You know, if Justin Fields busts here in Chicago, I think that it's something seriously wrong with the franchise, the thought process and the approach to developing a quarterback, not necessarily um, the quarterback itself. It's development of all players. You know, it's not just, it's not just the quarterback we've seen. Uh, you know, plenty of players, Leonard Floyd, come in here and be mediocre and then go somewhere else and be fantastic. So uh, it's it's disappointing to not see a wide receiver really get developed, uh, tight ends really get developed. And the only one we had drafted that we gave him away because Mike Mart said he doesn't fit his, didn't fit his offense. So uh, it's uh, it's sad, and I don't want to see fields get ruined. Um, Usaid, what do you think this press conference is about tomorrow? <laughs> you know what's weird right is every time matt Nagy is late to a press conference or calls an emergency press conference there's always some sort of movement so i think that tomorrow you're gonna get an update on what's going on with the um quarterback situation because supposedly yeah justin field's hand is hurt i said this yesterday i'm gonna say it again justin fields i think is gonna play this sunday i think that the only reason he shouldn't be playing is if his throwing hand is injured or he's not able to keep two hands on the football to um adequately protect the football if he can't even snap the ball he shouldn't be playing just throw nick Foles out there i think that matt Nagy was incredibly stupid for even throwing out the possibility nick Foles should be playing but i also think with this press conference you have to keep something in mind is that is there going to be something regarding the play calling being switched over to bill laser which i said this on my own show i'm going to say it again let's just be honest guys i mean you can hand over the play calling to bill laser but if you can't execute properly then handing the play calling over to someone else doesn't matter and it's the head coach's job to make sure that every single positional group and offense defense or special teams is executing properly and for the bears it's not a matter of execution on defense or special teams it's specifically the offensive side of the ball so if you had if you were a betting man what are you putting your money on that matt Nagy's giving a play calling or that nick Foles is starting sunday Honestly, I think Matt's going to give a play calling knowing that there's a lot of heat surrounding everything that he's done right now. And so to kind of cool the heat off, he's going to hand the play calling over. And then as soon as kind of this guy has deceived everyone into basically thinking that, okay, everything's all fine and dandy, Matt Nagy's going to have a play. 
yeah, he's gonna take it back. Which oh, also I should note this is that just because Managi's not calling plays, it doesn't mean he's not gonna have a play sheet in his hands. So for all we know, he could be telling everyone, yeah, Bill Lazor's the one calling plays, but then could be just Matt Nagy, you know, getting the um play sheet in his hands kind of like this, you know, and then just relaying everything into the quarterback's helmet. So if that you know, there was speculation that that had happened last year and, you know, that Nagy was still meddling quite a bit up into the point of even still calling plays. So we saw a significant difference in stylistic play calling, uh, how they attack defenses, how Trubisky was used. It felt and looked completely different when Laser was supposedly calling plays. So, what do you do? You think that Laser was actually calling plays last year, or do you think it was a, a cover up and and the and the same thing is going to happen this year? And what you said, I I agree with wholeheartedly. He pulls up this smoke screen, makes everybody feel fine, and then he's back to meddling in all the bullshit. Ugh. But yeah, he doesn't I, tell you. Nah. Well, he's not. I think fans also have to understand is that he's not necessarily obligated. Matt Nagy in a lot of ways, right? These head coaches, they're not obligated to tell you, like, who is going to be the one calling the plays or not. You know, these guys just aren't obligated to tell you a lot of the kind of super inside stuff that goes on, you know, between, like, coach dialogue and conversations that take place. Now, I will say this, is that last year when Mitch Trubisky came back in after Nick Foles got absolutely obliterated, and I remember Luke commenting on one of my tweets that it's gotten to the point, the Bears were so bad last year to the point where Pace and Nagy were going to get someone hurt, and then that same night, Nick Foles ended up getting hurt. Um, I think they, you know, looking at the whole thing, there was a stretch where Bill Lazor did call plays, but that was also, you have to consider circumstances, right? So last year when the switch was made, the Bears were in the middle of what? A four-game losing streak that then turned into a six-game losing streak, okay? And this year they're sitting here at um, one and two so far, three weeks into the season. Ultimately, you look at that and you're like, okay, so one and two, you know, let's kind of hand it over to Bill Lazor for the next like game or two. But then I just have a feeling that that's going to happen for week three and four. Bill Lazor is going to be the play caller. And then as soon as Green Bay comes to town in week five, because it's the Packers, Matt Nagy is going to use Green Bay specifically as a way to kind of prove something and be like, yeah, I'm going to take the call against duties. Green Bay. I will, I will, I will go scored start. I will not watch this team anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just think Matt's going to give Bill Lazor the play call for two weeks, so everything's fine and dandy, and then boom, go right back to taking them over again. No. Six. I, I, I can't argue with it. I got nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't see that not being in the realm of possibilities uh, whatsoever. Uh I really hope he does, you know, kind of nut up and give up play calling. Uh, whether is it better that, for him to get it together or for, and just like get us to eight, seven, and one or whatever it is? You know, or is it better for him to nuke out and just and go ahead and fire his ass? Better for who? Better for the franchise. Better for I don't care about him. Better for the franchise. I think he's a dead man walking at this point. I don't see how he can salvage. They won't do Not, it, but I'm just telling you, I I just I don't see a way he can salvage his job. Yeah, and they they switch play callers and somehow pull out like ten and seven. He's not going anywhere. 
Yeah, and, and that's what makes seven, a wild card, a loss in the first game. There's no way they're pulling out 10, 10 fucking year. wins. We just went through this. There's no way. I mean, I don't see any more than five, six wins total it, it, at the at the peak. Yeah, see, I don't – you know what my biggest fear is? is the Bears, some way, somehow, a couple dominoes fall their way, and it's not because – gonna be because of anything the bears did is because players on other teams that the bears are playing this year are gonna end up getting injured which is then gonna make things easier for the bears and then the bears are gonna keep matt Nagy around and then what that's gonna do is you know they just they can lead to um the bears missing out on brian dable so okay let me ask you guys this though right because we're on here anyway and we're just all gonna be negative if you look at the list of all 32 teams right now and the ones that are probably gonna need head coaches next year it ain't a very extensive list you go division by division you realize that what there's two teams in the nfc that could possibly need new head coaches the vikings are one the giants are the other one irrespective of the bears and then in the afc the only team i can really think of is the cincinnati Bengals. so hey the odds are kind of lining up here if the bears need to make a switch they could have their hands on brian dable but then that would be assuming that you get a good general manager in place first because i don't I think Brian. Thank you, sir. I mean, you said, what do you, uh, this is something I brought up and I'm kind of been wrestling with it. I really think Sean Desai might emerge as a strong head coaching candidate after this season. And it's, it's not really what the bears need, but we talk about continuity, having that guy around the team. Could that be a good move for them? Or do you think they just have to go offense no matter what? even if Sean Desai has to walk and go elsewhere like Staley did. I, yeah, I, think, I think that's what kind of situation we're dealing with. I think Sean Desai has that kind of impact where he is going to be a head coach sooner than later. Yeah, so I think uh, – so first things first, let me say this, is that he, the Bears were kind of in a similar boat where they did have a really good – yeah, with Vic Fangio, exactly. But I, what makes this so much more different is that – the big factor that's going to play into all this is going to be Justin Fields, right? Like Justin Fields right now is the X factor. So I think you have to go, if it means letting Sean decide go, but you bringing in a really good offensive mind, like a Brian Dable or Brian Leftwich, or even a Joe Brady, for example. Yeah. Or even Kellen Moore, I'll throw out there. That's going to legitimately develop Justin Fields. Then you do it. And why? Because this is a franchise we've seen time and time again. Are they able to produce great defenses? Yeah. Are they able to have really good quality defensive players make average guys look pretty good. 110% absolutely. It's in this franchise's DNA. What this franchise doesn't have, though, is the franchise quarterback that they've been lacking for 102 years. And now you have one that's so pro-ready and is on the roster. I think that everything the Bears are doing between or that need to be doing between Matt Nagy and then whoever the next coaching staff could possibly be is um, has to revolve around what's best for quarterback Justin Fields. And yeah, I intentionally said quarterback to get Joe smiling. All right. It's time for uh, our predictions. I was going to say we've, we've beat up this, uh, this topic enough. Um, so we say before you jumped on, we talked a little bit about the spread bears favored by three over under set at 42. Uh, Joe adamantly praised the under, said it would probably be a 17-13 type game. All right, so I'm just, Joe, I'm just, I'm just we're going to 
we're gonna let you go first, Joe, with the, uh, with right, the whole right. uh, prediction. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, since I have zero faith, uh, I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a Lions win. Um, it's gonna be a Lions win. It's gonna be. Oh gosh, it's gonna be twenty to sixteen. It's gonna be twenty. Let's give us Nick Foles stat line. Nick Foles. Oh my gosh, Nick Foles is going to pass for a hundred and forty yards. A touchdown and two interceptions. 140 yards. Dude, something really bad. That's my that's, boy, nine inch Nick. That's way too boy, much good, can't. dude. That's too nah, good. Dude. Well, they average giving up 280 yards passing. So, like, yeah, still. Ah. Consider half of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. that. I hate saying that. I want a Bears win. They're gonna win this week, dude. This is this feels like the this feels like the Bengals week again. They're gonna win. Yeah, look, the Bears are too talented of a roster, and they're too good to lose to the Lions. Um, I know that sounds absolutely terrible to say, but I think it's just facts. I think that the only positional group where the Lions have it better than the Bears is the Lions' offensive line. Yeah, that's about it, and that's because they have Frank Ragno and Panay Sewell. They are not even playing at full strength on that line's offensive line because some of their other starters are on injured reserve now, but that's an elite offensive line that's made a mediocre quarterback. Jared Goff looked pretty decent through the first three weeks of the season. The Lions also battle really hard for Dan Campbell, so this is going to be a tougher matchup, but like I said, the Bears are too good to lose. Khalil Mack's not going to let them lose. Otherwise, you should just trade and fire everyone in the Chicago Bears franchise into the sun. I'm going to say bears win 14 to 9 and justin fields is starting he gets his um first ever nfl touchdown pass and i think it's going to be on a deep crossing route to darnell mooney 14 to 9 this guy lucas (laughs) stop laughing that's got to be a scoregami or something dude (laughs) that's that's good yeah, uh, we. I mean, we talked about it earlier. This this specific type of game where the whole world says Matt Nagy should be fired and he sucks, blah, blah, blah. Matt Nagy always wins these fucking games, whether we like it or not. He has kind of a layup opponent, like I said. They're going to fight, but this is the perfect time to unleash fields, full potential, run game, whatever you got to do. You can impose your will on this defense. The Bears are going to win at home. I feel kind of like a adverse. The Bengals, they're, I just, I don't know how they, if they lose, then yes, they should just fire Nagy immediately, which I would be fine with as well. But Bears win. They, yeah, I'm, I'll say they cover the spread. I'm going to say 24 20 Bears win. Krogman, shut us All down. right. So um, if Matt Nagy is still calling plays, I'm with Joe, and they probably lose this game. Um, but I'm yeah, gonna say I, I, that I'm, they do I'm the assuming smart Lazer's thing. calling plays. Yeah, I'm gonna say they do the smart thing and they switch to Bill Lazer. Bears win twenty-one seventeen. Bear down. I feel like you use that score every week. Nah, you need to check your check the records, bro. It's been like twenty-four twenty. Uh, I think twenty-seven twenty-four. I hey man, I'm I'm just close to the I'm just close to the over under, dude. Just I need to check I need to check the the record for my Robert Quinn prediction. 
Hey, he's doing, he's doing great. Didn't you say double digits? I said he's, he would have double digit sacks this year. He's at three or four, right? He's got four. There you go. You're doing great. Four through three weeks, he's on track for you. Definitely. I'm actually pretty happy with the way he's played. Very so far. I did. I said before that he was 100% affected by his drop foot last year. There's probably no so. doubt about it. Yeah, Dude, so. if you've ever, like, so I was watching a UFC event and this guy got kicked in the back of the leg, essentially causing instant drop foot, and he couldn't, couldn't eat, like, his foot was just dangling there. Like, they say you can't even walk on it, and Robert Quinn's trying to play football. I mean, that's a serious, serious injury. You Joe, said, do, you know, do you know the words? No? The fight song words? Man. Come on, man. I put them Bear up. down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your team formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Do you know Best the work one you yet. Best one yet. All right, this has been the Believe in Monsters podcast. Joe did a way better rendition of this. Bear down, Chicago Bears. You better win this weekend. Come on, you say sing it. Man, you know what? I've been up since 5 a.m., so I'm going to produce my own podcast and fall asleep. Maybe next time. Give me time to get my vocals warmed up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.